you want to get in on the action, we want to hear from you. Email us at faderoutemail at gmail.com with your questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it. We want to hear from you. We're on Instagram too. Slide in our DMs at Fade Route Podcast. Get at us. Welcome to the Fade Route with D and Z. Here are your hosts, D and Z. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of The Fade Route with D and Z. I am Z, and today was a major day of change in this country. It was Inauguration Day. President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris have respectively taken their oaths of office and are getting ready to do what they do. It's also a big day of change for the NFL as well. As we say goodbye to Philip Rivers, who announced his retirement today after 17 seasons with the San Diego Chargers, Los Angeles Chargers, and Indianapolis Colts. Overall, he ranks fifth in NFL history as of right now with almost 64,000 passing yards, trailing only Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and Brett Favre. He's been to eight Pro Bowls, And he's currently fifth in the league with 421 career touchdown passes behind only Brady, Breeze, Manning, and Favre yet again. Now, fantastic career, fantastic numbers taken in the same draft class as Eli Manning and Ben Roethlisberger. Eli Manning, as we know, retired last year. So he is the second domino to fall. Rivers is... Big Ben Roethlisberger stands alone from that 2004 draft class. We'll see how long that lasts. But makes you wonder about his legacy. Great regular season quarterback. Put up some great numbers. Never played in the Super Bowl. Makes you wonder. Gives you pause about what Philip Rivers' legacy truly is. And where the Indianapolis Colts go from here. And here he is. I've known this guy since our days on Carousel Shoes, flight crew through and through, the last QB in St. John's history. What's up, D? How's it going, man? Hey, man. Just excited to be here. Uh, Excited to talk to our new listeners listening in on our only second week of doing the Wednesday night special. Um... Mixed feelings about Philip Rivers. Pretty much hated him for the first 15, 16 years of his career. Uh, he was just annoying. He, and he ran his mouth so much. I remember he used to get on Jay Cutler when they were in the same division. And I, I liked Jay Cutler then. And then I even remember when, you know, he, he would play Tom and the Patriots. He'd always be running his mouth. But he, the last two years, he really grew on me. I don't know if it's because he has so many children. <laughs> or because, you know, uh, he he's just, uh, you know, he's a good football player. I mean, uh, I kind of feel, you know, I've, I've been going back and forth ever since I heard he was going to retire because I think we spoke on our show the last couple of times and we thought he was going to come back. We thought he might be a good fit for the Saints since we, we figured Drew was going to retire. And we thought he might even go back because they came pretty close this year. But, 
you know, to me, he's kind of kind of like a Dan Marino um, type player. Maybe falls into the Warren Moon, Dan Fouts area. You know, and he, you know, people always say, you know, you got to win championships. He was on some really good teams. I mean, Ladanian Tomlinson, uh, Gates, uh, Sean Merriman. Uh, I think he played with Seau for a while too. Like he had good players on his team. They just never could get over the hump. And I remember, you know, in 2007, I think he played the AFC championship game with a torn ACL. And it's like, okay, yeah, that's great. But should you have really been playing in the game? Maybe if you didn't play, your team would have got to the Super Bowl. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's just my mindset on it. But he's a solid player. People have a lot of good things to say about him. He doesn't curse. <laughs> which makes things interesting. But, I mean, it, and if you compare him to the people he was drafted with, you know, Eli 1-2, Ben 1-2, he didn't even get there. So, you know, there's a lot, you know, is he a Hall of Famer? I mean, for me, I don't think so. I mean, you got to at least get there, right? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. If you're as prolific of a passer as he was, I mean, you're going to stick around for a while, you know, like the Len Dawson's of the world, the Jim Plunkett's of the world, like, you know, nothing to write home about, but at the end of the day, like really consistent, you know, regular season quarterback that, you know, that remains to, you know, that remains on his resume. Um, yeah. It remains to be seen what would have happened if he bowed out of that championship game, but you know, he kept them in contention. That's the one thing that you can ask of your quarterback is to keep, your keep your team going to the playoffs and running into the New England Patriots, the New York Jets when they were relevant, the Steelers. Uh, you're 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 gonna go up against good teams, the Ravens. So you know, there's no shame in losing to teams like that. And you know, he's just a product of his time. And I think history will eventually look more kindly on him, but. Right now, you know, it's still very fresh and it, it remains to be seen, you know, what what his legacy truly is. I personally think he's a Hall of Famer, you know. Wow, really? If, okay. Yeah, you have lots of solid players. and So know, who do you group him with? Like who, like who, who do you group him with in well, your opinion? Great regular season, but not so great in the postseason. So that's going to put you in like like the Warren Moons, like you mentioned. Dan Marino, although he did get to the Super Bowl in his rookie year. Um, a Randall yeah. Cunningham, minus the legs. You know, the good quarterbacks. Like that really, probably like I would say third tier. Not so much. My whole thing, see, my whole thing is, is like, you know, the, the records he holds, they'll be broken. I mean, even all of Dan Marino's records got broken. I yeah, mean, but he, you does, know he doesn't what? have anything left. But that's the and thing, at though. least Dan got and Dan 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 was highly talented out of college, and Dan was you know Mr. Miami Dolphin. Yeah, Phil Rivers is Mr. Charger, but you know I think Miami has a more of a legacy and more of a prestigious franchise than the than the San Diego Chargers. And you know you're also talking about a team that I don't, I don't think the Chargers have ever won a Super Bowl. Have they? They might not even have ever won one. I think he had some only, chances. Yeah, they've only been to one. So that's yeah. I mean, Humphrey's I think here. yeah, yeah. Come on, Stan Humphrey's got that team to the Super Bowl. I mean, come on. Yeah, I just and and granted, we'll find out. It just to me, I always said this: the Hall of Fame is for 
you know, elite players. Maybe players that change the game could also get in there too. I don't really think he I, I don't really think he did that. Especially if this kid Herbert comes in and turns the world on fire. You're gonna remember Phillip Rivers? Yeah, that's just the way I look at it. Like I wouldn't compare him to Randall Cunningham. I think Randall Cunningham like redefined the quarterback position for the times, his ability to throw the ball and run the ball. And he had a fan, he had a, an amazing arm. And Phillips had an, Phil, Phil Rivers has an unorthodox style of releasing the ball, but you know, was he ever the greatest? Was he ever the best player in a, in a, in a season? No MVP rewards either. And that leads us to the next guy we're going to talk about who we think could possibly be retiring is Drew Brees. And it's like, the, you know, he's kind of like the same thing. He's like, he was never, he was never the best player. You know, you talk, you talk about players during his time. It was Manning. It was Brady. It was even Roethlisberger for a time. And it was like, oh, and Drew Brees. Oh, and they have Drew Brees. And oh, Drew Brees did this. You know, I don't, I don't know if a lot of people walked into a game and was like, man, we got to deal with Drew Brees today. You know, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean – with Rivers and with Breeze, they definitely – I mean, you can't really go by records, in my opinion, just for the simple fact that the game isn't stopping. There's going to be another guy. Patrick Mahomes is in – he hasn't hit his prime yet. So you're always going to have guys climbing up the list. And guys who are retiring can't come back to try and add to their legacy. So it's one of those no. things that you got to – you know. Take it for what it is. It's a product of its time. Like We're going to have this discussion next week as well because, you know what, the MLB Hall of Fame is going to be announced, who is being inducted this year. And guys are going to – like they're going to fluctuate on the all-time home run list or the home uh, the all-time strikeout list. Like It is what it is. You just kind of have to appreciate him for what he was in his time, compare it to what was there, and, you know, in when he played because you can't you, – you know, like I said, guy, the record lists and statistics are always going to move forward. So, if, based on what he did, I think he, I think Philip Rivers did enough to get into the Hall of Fame, or at least in consideration. I mean, you're not going to go in first ballot with him. I mean, Calvin Johnson's not even going to go in first ballot. I mean, there, there's a nice little list put together, you know, because Calvin Johnson feels slighted if he's not going to go in first ballot. T.O. didn't go in first ballot. Chris Carter didn't go in first ballot. Randy Moss didn't go in first ballot. And these guys are considered all-time greats. So will Philip Rivers – I mean, Philip Rivers will get considered. It Will it, may, will it take time? Possibly. But that's, you know, what's done is done for him. My, my frame of vision now turns to the Indianapolis Colts. You now – have a wide open hole in the quarterback position with a team that is very readily made. If you are the GM of the Colts and you're Frank Reich and you have input in on this, where are you going? What are you doing to replace Phillip Rivers? You know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, make the deal for Wentz. You know, that seems like, you know, the perfect answer. And you know, a name that came up today that I thought would actually be a good idea is Matt Stafford, who is not even that far away over in Detroit. Like, that seems like a more of an idea to go get that guy. 
or just do it in the draft. Like I would take a third rounder or a fourth rounder and, and see how it works out. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go crazy. I wouldn't bet the bank on getting Wentz and you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to, maybe I might talk to the 49ers about Jimmy G, especially if they're trying to get Watson. Um, the price tag for Watson's too high. So I, I wouldn't even try to do that, but that, and, and you know what, if I got to roll with Brissett, I know it sucks, but I would do that. You know, I wouldn't try, I really wouldn't um, kill myself to, to, to um, put a new quarterback back there. I mean, Matt Stafford would definitely definitely be a good upgrade, I think. Um, he's going to be in demand because I think he would be a great fit in Washington. He would definitely yeah. be a great fit in Indy. So, And I think sure. they're going to try and get him. You know, Detroit sucked forever. I think they're going to try and do right by him as his career tails down. Another thing I wouldn't be surprised about, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, he's a free yeah. agent for one year. Yeah. You draft a quarterback. You have a guy sit behind Fitzpatrick for a year, sit under the learning tree as a, you know, as a, it was once called, and just kind of like learn the ins and outs of being a pro. So that would be a great. I mean, that would be fine. Um, you do I mean, have if you rem- some, a few yeah. options. Yeah, I mean, if you remember, you know, many moons ago, the Seahawks drafted Russell Wilson. But they had signed Matt Flynn over the over the spring to be their quarterback. But you know Russell Wilson beat him out for the job. So you could get in a situation, you know, like that. I I just I wouldn't go crazy for Wentz because it just seems like the Eagles, you know, moved on from Doug Peterson because they want Wentz to stay there. So you know I wouldn't try to get that guy. I would more or less try to draft a guy. Fitzpatrick sounds great. Stafford sounds even better because sometimes a change of scenery can really do work wonders for a guy. Absolutely. And, um, you know, you you do have plenty of quarterbacks out there. So, I mean, there are certainly going to be options. And another thing that might wear them off, we're going to talk about this later, is, you know, the potential of the Deshaun Watson thing. So maybe you're going to hold tight and see what, it's actually going to take to get a quarterback by a trade because that's going to be the benchmark depending on how talented the quarterback is. So, you know, it remains to be seen. We're just going to have to buckle up. We're going to have to strap in on this and we're going to see where the Colts go. But I mean, it's, they definitely, I don't think they expected this. I don't think they expected this. I don't think so. You don't think they expected it? No, I think they thought they were going to get, especially since they were so good this year and he really wasn't hurt. I think they really thought he was going to come back for another year. I think this caught them by surprise, especially you got a guy like Drew Brees who hasn't announced anything yet. It's just like, well, you know, what, what, what? He was right away, and maybe he thought maybe he made this decision too soon. You know, this is only two weeks after they lost. You know, sometimes your immediate gut is like, yeah, I'm out. I want to retire, but. He does have some things lined up. He wants to go coach high school football in Alabama. He's really excited about that and. That should be interesting for him. And whatever he decides to do, you know, we wish you luck, Philip. You you had a hell of a career, and if this is the end for you, good luck in the next chapter of your career. Yeah, it was good, not great. <laughs> it's time for the fade in, where we give a nod to the trending sports stories of the week. Speaking of. Good, not great. 
the NFC divisional playoff game between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints. Tampa Bay won by 10, 30 to 20, but really the star, and I, you know, I will mockingly say the star of the game was Drew Brees going 19 to 34 for 134 yards, one, three, four. Man, he crushed it. Yeah, usually, I mean, Drew Brees, right? Back in the day, that used to be 341. And one touchdown and three picks. The key number is three picks. And that one little trick play that they threw in there, the little wrinkle, James Winston threw a touchdown. So Winston's not throwing the picks. Drew Brees is throwing the picks. Let that sink in, boys and girls. Tom Brady... Didn't really need to do all that much. 18 to 33 for 199 and two touches. Fournette showed up, 17 for 63. A representative, respectable run game. But this game is about Drew Brees, and he didn't post. So if this is his last game, as Jay Glazer was alluding to, he's going out on an absolute dud. Does this impact his legacy? And let's really run it back to like the last three seasons where Drew Brees has not looked great. What is his overall legacy and how is he going to be remembered? Yeah, I mean, see, the thing for Drew, you know, I, I again, he's to me, he's Dan Marino with a championship, right? He's got no league MVP rewards. He's got one Super Bowl ring. He, he wasn't the best passer of his generation. Let's be real. He wasn't. Um, He's definitely a Hall of Famer, but he was like Philip. He was never the guy. Like I feel like you know there there were other statues or uh, big timers than him. Um, he's first in passing yards, first in touchdown passes, first in completions. But all all those records will be broken someday. And uh, I think he was also snake bitten a lot in the playoffs. You know there was the beast quake. Uh, there was the Minnesota missed tackle. There was an OPI call against the Rams. Um, and Brady comes back into – he comes into the NFC South and just goes in your stadium and rips your, rips your heart out. Uh, his arm failed him, though, right? I mean, now it's being reported that he played the whole season with a torn rotator cuff. I mean, I hope that's not true because that just – that that just sounds terrible because you know, the saints were a very good team with two other guys that were capable of playing quarterback on that team. So if those reports are true, that, that would be very disappointing. Um, but yeah, I think, I think he's going to be remembered in higher regard than um, Philip. And he did a lot for new Orleans, right? You know, the whole hurricane Katrina, he brought the saints back. He put the saints on the map. You know, he made that a real, tough place to go and play like you knew when you played the Brady um you played Breeze and the Saints in New Orleans you had to put up 30 points 35 points if you guys were going to compete um you know the other part the other tough thing that people don't realize is he was part of that bounty gate he was on that team he was actually the NFL rep on that team ah it's that you know it's kind of bad too you know a lot of people don't talk about that stuff but um so yeah I mean that's how I remember him I mean listen you come into my house, you come into my basement, I got a I got a poster of Drew Brees on my wall. I got, you know, also a picture of him from when he won the Super Bowl. So uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of him. But, uh, you know, for me, there were better guys during his time. 
Drew Brees was a prolific passer. Uh, he definitely, you know, he definitely established a culture along with Sean Payton down in New Orleans. I mean, before Hurricane Katrina, there wasn't much there, you know, in terms of what does it mean to be a New Orleans Saint? I mean, they were known for Archie Manning and ruining his career. Like, that was like the highlight of New Orleans Saints fandom. Or Heath Schuler, I think, was on that team. And Kerry Collins tried to rebuild his career on that team. It, but it was a, you know, it was a swamp. You know, it was a swamp of mediocrity until Drew Brees and Sean Payton got there. So true, Drew Brees needs to be credit, credited with taking that team and bringing an air of legitimacy to it. You know, got them to the Super Bowl, won them a Super Bowl. So all credit due. The past few years, he hasn't been as good. And you know what? Father time is undefeated. So... You know, it's just another guy that got old before our eyes and we need to, you know, and he needs to accept the fact that, hey, you know what? I got older and this is what happens. You know, some guys fall off the cliff at some point, any given point. It could be 32, could be 42. It could, I mean, in Tom Brady's case, it could be 46, 47. <laughs> but he'll, he, he'll play as long as he wants to play. But with Drew Brees, it just went, he went from great to good to decent to holy shit. <laughs> now, if that report is true about him playing with a torn rotator cuff, that is, I mean, that is ridiculously selfish on his part, trying to hold on to his job. Yeah. So, like, you don't want to think of him like that, especially when, you know, he presents himself as an all, you know, like, Mr. Team. Like he wants to be the ultimate team player. But yeah. then if you hear that report, there's a lot of cognitive dissonance going on between perception and reality. But there's also cognitive dis- dissonance too regarding Michael Thomas. Because I mean there was there were reports that Michael Thomas was playing hurt all year too. And he just he went on IR earlier. Well, ho- well hold on, so- hold on. He really didn't play all year. So <laughs> as a person who followed him or who was on his fantasy team, he really didn't play all year. He played like four games. <laughs> so right. he- but, then he, but he also like he also took some time off to make sure he was playoff ready and he wasn't even that playoff ready. Nope. So like you hear these, re- you hear these reports and you hear, here comes the excuse train from the saints. You know, yeah. that's oh, we lost because of that pass. I call uh, we lost because Stefan Diggs made that catch. We lost because enough. Yeah. All right. And if drew Brees, I have, I have a hard time personally believing that drew Brees will go out on a game like that. Really? So you think he's he might come pride. back? He's got pride, man. man. And I, I, I think he may give it another run. You got to remember, you got to remember last year was the thumb. This year it's the ribs. And now this rotator cuff thing. And you know what? This, this just came out like literally hours ago about this. And it kind of makes sense, right? You know, they bring Jameis Winston in on the trick play to throw the bomb pass all of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were sitting on the short routes. That's kind of why they couldn't move the ball as efficiently as they could. So I'm, I'm, I don't know if I doubt it, but still he overcame a lot to do what he did. I mean, he was the number, he was the number one passer in high school um, coming out 
and he didn't get any offers from any of the Texas schools, which led him to Purdue, where I think he led the, the nation in completion percentage. And then he goes to San Diego, and he's about to get washed out. He's just not playing up to par. So they go and draft Phillip Rivers. Then all of a sudden, Marty Schottenheimer, I believe, is the coach. They mm-hmm. turn it around. They go like 13-3. and three. He gets hurt. He hurts his shoulder. And then he winds up possibly signing with the Dolphins. Dolphins Which we will get into at another time in deeper depth. <laughs> the Dolphins medical staff says, uh-uh, this shoulder's bad. We don't want him. And then he ends up with the Saints and and it's all it's all history after that. So, you know, he he uh you know, he had quite the football career. Absolutely. And like we said to Philip Rivers, Drew Brees, if this is your last game and you call a career, congratulations and we wish you nothing but luck in your future endeavors. But now this guy actually did have a great career. He really did. No, he did. Absolutely. And you know who else is having a great career? Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. And this feels like a little bit of destiny that they they are playing each other this weekend in the NFC title game in Lambeau Field. This is the first NFC title game that Aaron Rodgers will be playing in Lambeau. And that just it blows your mind a little bit considering that the history of Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. So the Packers offense is on fire here. They just vanquished the number one overall defense. Granted, Aaron Donald was hurt. Let's just be let's just be fully transparent on that. Aaron Donald, you know, barely played. Tom Brady put up a representative performance, like I said, 199 in terms of yardage against a pretty good, I think it's the, the fourth overall defense in the uh, New Orleans Saints. Who's taking this game? Who, who, Brady or or Rodgers? Whose offense is going to have the last laugh in this game? Yeah, I mean, I'm not betting against Brady. There's no way. No way. Uh, especially, it looks like they finally listened to me and started running the damn football, which changed the complexion of the game. You had Rojo and Fournette tearing it up. Uh, you know, Rodgers, I think, has actually lost the last three or four NFC Championship games he's played in. Um, but this game is not going to be like the game we saw earlier in the season when the Bucks just blew the Packers out, you know, from really the second quarter on. This is going to be more of a chess match. So, you know, I wrote some things down here. You know, when whenever I'm looking at teams play, you know, I just kind of go position by position and say, okay, who's better? Who's the better quarterback right now? Okay, Rodgers, even though I'm a Tom Brady fan, say Aaron Rodgers is the better quarterback right now. Who's got the better running game? I'm going to go with Rojo and Fournette. Okay, who's the better wide receivers? Jeez, the, the, the Bucks have Brown, Godwin, Evans. Uh, that hmm. that. <laughs> hmm. I'm, I'm gonna go. Who's the better tight ends? Oh, the Bucks got Gronk and Brait. Yeah, the Rogers has Tunyon, but they're not Gronk and Brait. Who's got the better D line? Jeez, Sue Paul Vita V is gonna play in this game. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Bucks on that one too. Who's got the better linebackers? Jeez, Tampa Bay's got White and David. I can't even name one of the Packers linebackers. Uh, and then who's got the better secondary? Now there, I'll give it to the Packers because Jair Alexander is really, really good. Uh, better kicker, Mason Crosby. I'll give it to him. And then 
who's got the better coach, who's got the better head coach coach. I'll give it to LaFleur just because Arians really, you know, didn't do well earlier in the season, and LaFleur is a little bit of a mastermind. I'll give him some of that. But who's the better D.C.? Um, not petting. I'm going with Bulls. So <laughs> all that said, I'm going with Tampa Bay in this game. The only advantage that they're going to have is that it's going to be cold, but Tom's played in cold. So, and Bakhtiari, I don't believe is playing, right? I'm not sure. No, Bakhtiari's gonna... out. No. Bakhtiari's out. So, you know, I, I have a hard time picking against Tom Brady, man. He's a bad man. He is a he is a bad man. He's got that indomitable will. But you know who else has that indomitable will? That's Aaron Rodgers. Like they are cut from the same cloth in that regard. That, are they? Are they really? Oh, yes, I would say so. <laughs> yes, yeah. Aaron Rodgers holds personal slights against his own fucking family for Christ's sake. Like, like he remembers. There was that one time I pulled in a parking space ahead of him. He didn't really like that either. He slashed your tires, didn't he? That's Aaron Rodgers. Fight is a motivator. So I don't root, you know, I don't, uh, you know, granted, I who picked him last? Who picked him last in, in the division? Me. And who's eating their words right now? Me. <laughs> so uh, it's going to be a good game. I would actually, I would call the running, running game matchup a push. I really mm. like what I see from Jones, Dylan, and even Jamal Williams is showing up a little bit for them. So, as you know, far as players way, are concerned, as far as players are concerned, I can, I can, or I can hear that and understand it, but they're not going to run the ball on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defensive line. That's not happening. That's just not happening. Look, look at what Kamara did. Kamara's way better than any of those guys on the Packers. Well, Kamara is, you know, he is a better running back, and he is going to, you know, he's he's also going to exploit holes in the passing game too. So he's definitely like. They don't have really that element in the, the Packers running game, but I do like the fact that they're going to keep at it. Whereas in the past, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers would get away from the running game just because it's not working. And honestly, this may be like no offense to like James Starks and Eddie Lacy the last time they had a relevant running game, but like they, these three combined remind me a lot of the Amon Green running game. To where, like, it actually gets what about Ryan Grant. Off. Remember that guy, Ryan Grant, for a little while. That's right. But yeah, I forgot about him. Actually, his career was that short. But, <laughs> like, but you know, it it definitely gets them off Rogers a little bit in the same way that Fournette and Rojo get them off Brady. So I think that we're gonna see a lot of the running game. I mean, if I'm the offensive coordinator for either team. It's a very run-heavy attack, play action, and you're gonna take your shots downfield if you got them. So, I think Aaron. I think Aaron has a lot to lose in this game, though. There's more on the line for him here because he's getting the home NFC title game. He's never had that, and like I said, I'm pretty sure he's either lost three or four in a row. So if he loses this, uh, I mean that's to Tom. Yeah, and right. then, and then, and then, if you want to even go another further, if if Tom if Tom beats Drew Brees, makes Drew Brees retire, then goes into Lambeau Field, beats Aaron Rodgers, and then Aaron Rodgers wins the MVP. Dear Lord, <laughs> that is Dirk crazy. Nowitzki. That Dirk is some, crazy, man. Shut it down. Let's go home. 
Because I really don't think – I don't really think Tom is feeling any pressure walking into that building. And I do think Aaron feels like I need to win this game. Well, I mean, the pressure is definitely on the home team. The pressure is on the number one seed. That's always going to be the case. All I know is that we are going to be in for a real treat because both of these guys, both these quarterbacks are going to put on a clinic. Yeah, it's going to be a good game. Them, you know, it's a total video game. And just like what's really great about this is actually not having the fans in the stands. So you can actually hear them manipulate the line, call the audibles. You really get to hear a lot of what's going on, you know. And for the casual fan or even the hardcore fan, I mean, it's a great thing. You're going to hear stuff like this. Oh, sorry. That was a clip from uh, last year's Patriots. I'm sorry about that. Uh, at least, you know, this year Tom has competent receivers, so he doesn't have to tell them to go stand, uh, you know, just to go stand over there. So good, good for Tom. And either way, it's going to be a great game. And we'll get to our official picks later on in the show, boys and girls. Now, the Baltimore Ravens, Baltimore Ravens against the Buffalo Bills. They didn't post again. However, unlike years previous where Lamar Jackson just did not play well, he left the game in the third quarter due to a concussion, had to be replaced by Tyler Huntley of Utah. If you had to look that up, so did I. So, granted, Buffalo moved the ball at will on a stout Ravens defense. They looked very good. And all things considered, it was a very extremely windy day. It probably, you know, Justin Tucker isn't going to miss those two. You would think he missed two field goals. You figure he wouldn't miss them unless it's really, you know, the weather's really shitty. So... Was this loss due to Lamar's early exit, or was this a sign that Buffalo really stepped up? Yeah, I really put. I really do think, um, you know, Lamar's early exit hurt the Ravens. Um, think the Ravens' defense only gave up ten points to to Buffalo. You know, uh, they they right, had to the pick the pick. They six. had to pick six, so. You know, Sean McDermott's a defensive guy. He came in with a game plan, and it's the game plan that a lot of teams were having success with against Lamar Jackson was we're not going to let him run the ball. We're going to make him throw it. We're going to make him get rid of the ball. So that's why they held him to 3.3 yards per game. And meanwhile, he usually averaged six during the regular season. So, you know, I do think Buffalo is a good team, but they don't have a run game. And – um, I think they're going to be in trouble next week when they play the Kansas City Chiefs. No, they definitely don't have an established run game net right now because of the injury to Zach Moss. But, you know, they picked their spots with Devin Singletary. They, I mean, TJ Yeldon was on this team all year, and you hear Chris Collinsworth saying well, he doesn't have enough experience in the system. How much time do you need in the system before you can run a run play? Like, He's been there for the entire season. It's not like they just got him off the street. So, you know, he's a really good player. Yeah. I mean, you got to coach up your guys, you know, and 
you know, Josh Allen got out of the pocket a little bit. He did run for some, but I mean, he was just making he he was making the throws that you needed him to make, and he exploited the Ravens' defense, which is a really good defense. So, I mean, a little from column A, a little from column B. Lamar Jackson was playing decent. He was taking what the defense gave him. Buffalo is a speed-based defense. It's definitely not a powerful defense. So, I mean, they were dinking, dunking, moving the ball. The pick six was a killer. Tyron Johnson definitely, you know, got – he made the right read and took it back 101 yards. So, all credit to him. Yeah, I mean, once Lamar Jackson went out, the air went out of the building. You know, you don't have a competent backup in RG3. You don't even have a a competent backup in a Joe Flacco. You know, you had to go to a rookie who's playing his second career game, maybe third career game. They were dead in the water. Now, can the Bills travel to Arrowhead next week and put up the same performance? I'm not 100% sure on that. But one thing I do know is that the Kansas City Chiefs aren't exactly invincible right now. And they beat the Cleveland Browns 22-17, but it came at a heavy price. It's like that that theme. You won the game, right? Yeah. What did it cost you? Everything. Everything. (laughs) Everything. Everything. Especially when Patrick Mahomes took that hit. You knew it was over. He's on spaghetti legs, man. And he, his linemen were holding him up. You knew he was done. Chad Henney came in, like, <laughs> through, I think through a pick. Chad Henney is Chad Henney is Chad Henney. Uh, any Dolphin fan can tell you that. 6-8 for 66 and a pick. Ultimately, I mean, the Browns almost won this game. So it makes you wonder, like, are the Browns going to be back, or is this a flash in the pan? How good can they be? Because they almost took down the reigning defending champs. Yeah, I mean, Baker almost pulled it off. You know, I, I think they will be back, but it will be mainly due to Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And I think they should try to move Odell during the offseason because they don't need him. Um, Baker made some great throws when it mattered. And he definitely matured this season. I mean, if Rashard Higgins holds on to that pass, diving for the end zone, for those of you who didn't watch the game, towards the end of the second half, Baker makes a beautiful throw. Higgins reaches for the boundary, fumbles the ball into the end zone, turns it out into a touchback. Kansas City gets the ball back. But, you know, they were in the game. Uh, He was doing his best to go toe-to-toe with Mahomes. And um, I think they're going to be okay, especially you're going to see Ben. Ben's going to leave, uh, you know, or Ben's Ben's not Ben's on his way out. Joe Burrow was hurt. He's going to have to he's going to have to recover and come back. So, and Lamar, unless they get him a receiver or two, they're going to be beatable. So Cleveland Cleveland's got a chance to to get back here. We live in a weird world where Baker Mayfield could be the best quarterback in that division like that i mean passer for all the passer. Tra- for, yeah. yeah for all the trash that has been talked about him by me like definitely i mean i i have talked a lot of shit about baker mayfield i'm not a fan but he 
took the team and he led the team. He did exactly what you expect a quarterback to do. So he is making great strides as a professional and as a quarterback. I mean, Tyron Matthew, the greats have been picked off by Ty- Tyron Matthew. So there's no shame in getting picked off by the No, and you could tell he, he, no. he lurks. He knows what he's doing. He reminds me of Ovechkin. He's like a lurk. He, he, he waits and he picks his spots and he gets lucky. But sometimes he doesn't. On the goal line, he, he guessed wrong and Kareem Hunt powered in for a oh, touchdown. No. He definitely can get burned if he's not if, – if he guesses wrong, it's game over. But when he guesses right, he has the potential to take it back to the house. Very good player. Very good player. Great player. Absolutely. And the running game, the running game plays. As long as you keep Chubb, Hunt, you keep this system in place. Yeah. There are going to be some great things for the Cleveland Browns. I completely agree with you that Odell Beckham needs to be off this team. He's unnecessary. No. Um, I wouldn't even venture a guess to where to, to send him send at Buffalo. this point. You know? Send him to Buffalo. Oh, God. Oh, God, that would be very interesting. The Buffalo Bills, I'm going over their wide receiver core, and they're five or six guys deep in that. I mean, they have some talented players. Isaiah McKenzie doesn't touch the field that often, but he he is a dynamic player with the ball in his hands. So with this particular game that we have going on with the Bills and the Chiefs, it's not going to be all one-sided offensively. Like both teams are going to play a, you know, a representative offense. I mean, the big question mark is going to be Patrick Mahomes. He's out of the protocol. He's practicing. So, I mean, there's a good shot that he's going to play on Sunday. So, I don't know if we're getting 100% Patrick Mahomes because he's also dealing with a, a toe injury. But, um both of these teams are going to bring it offensively. For me, it's which defense doesn't break completely. They're going to bend. They're absolutely going to bend. They're going to give up a lot of yards. But who's going to break at the end? Moving on to baseball, we've had a couple of move uh, a couple of moves being made. It was dead for a while, and now we've got some movement. The New York Yankees brought in DJ LeMahieu, re-signed him to a five-year contract, I believe, with an option for a sixth. Uh, Corey Kluber, after his pitching showcase, changed <laughs> a two-year deal with the Bronx Bombers. Just yesterday, after finding out about uh, the GM of the Mets uh, apparently sending people dick pics, and it wasn't even his dick, which is kind of like, as a Met fan, I'm embarrassed and also ashamed. Somebody... 62 messages unresponded. <laughs> 60. Oh my God. I mean, I, that's just, oh, dude. Guy, and you, know it's, you know, it's crazy. The guy's a real pedigree. Like, he he started off in Boston. You know, he's got rings yeah. with the, the Red Sox. Goes, he's apparently Theo's guy. Goes to the Chicago Cubs, helps build that team, wins the World Series there. Then he was out in Arizona the last couple of years. And now he's coming yeah. to the match. It's just like, dude, what are you doing? And no, what it's just doing? irresponsible. And you know what? It also falls on the Mets. Like, you have to go through the vetting process. ESPN has had these text messages since 2017. And, 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 and just to be clear, this is, this is definitely not a joking matter. Like, we, we really think this is, a, this is very serious. Um, it's just a shame. Well, and you just, you, just would, you just wouldn't expect it, like, 
from a GM or from a high a high regarded person. Like this guy, he's got people that respect him and want him to be a part of their franchise. He's got a good reputation and you know what would what would bring you to do something like that? Like you know, when I'm sitting home and I'm watching games, I want to bet on the games. I'm not thinking about things like that. It's just I don't know. It's but but you know what? Rightfully so. Rightfully so. He's gone. And you know what? It's not. He's not even worth us talking about. It's bet. It's better to talk about these pickups by the Yankees. You know, when I looked at this, you know, at the first time I saw it, I thought DJ LeMay was a steal. Six years, ninety million, fifteen million a year. Guy could play every position in the infield. He's got a batting title in both leagues. It's like wow, and he doesn't get hurt. Like he just doesn't get hurt. No brainer. Kluber now. Kluber now. This one I don't know. I mean, it's a one year, eleven million dollars. Smoke him if you got him. Uh, thirty. He's thirty four <laughs> years old. He didn't, he didn't really even play last year. His best years were in 2016 to 2018, where he averaged 18 wins and a 2.9 ERA. If that's not what you're going to get, then I don't see why, to me, you just keep J.A. Happ. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I never. You can't keep J.A. Happ. He just went to the Minnesota. I know, wins. I know. But I'm just trying to say, like, so what's the rotation now? Cole, Kluber, Herman, Montgomery. And you gonna throw in Severino in there somewhere? So if I'm Brian Cashman, I don't have Tanaka, I don't have Paxton. Severino, you don't know what he's gonna get because he's still coming off surgery. Domingo Herman is still under the domestic violence uh, suspension, so that really leaves you Clark Schmidt, Davy Garcia, Jordan Montgomery. Kluber automatically goes to number two in that rotation. He has to. Yeah, yeah. I thought the same thing. Yeah. No. Now, it, all this does is you put up a big billboard for those guys, for Paxton and Tanaka. Like, miss me yet? You're, gonna, you're really going to go to the playoffs with that rotation? You sure now? What are you? Gonna, how many openers are you going to end up using? Because the Blue Jays just landed George Springer. They took him from the Mets. The, the Mets had him surrounded. It was just going to be great. And then Mr. Dick Pick happened, and George Springer ends up in Toronto. I think they lost out. I think they lost out on some other guys. Like some other guys were in the process of getting signed, and they found out about this, and they don't want to have any part of it. And, and I actually heard that Cohen has. No, he's never did anything yeah. like that, but I heard he's got a kind of a bad reputation of shaming people that work for him. I, you know, it's, I'm starting to think back to the de Blasio kind of like, you know, holding back, signing off on this thing. And I'm wondering, is there stuff that he knew, you know? Maybe, I don't know. It remains to be seen, but as far as the Yankees go, like they need to, they need to shore up this rotation. At the end of the day, pitching still wins. Pitching will get you there. You cannot afford to be a fully offensive team. And I mean, your bullpen it's not as good as you think it is. Just look, how many games does Chapman have to blow in the playoffs before you realize maybe this bullpen is not? They as still good have Avellino. Yeah, they still have Adovino. Friggin' went in the tank last year, so like they got to the point where they weren't even using him in high leverage situations. Yeah. So 
I mean, they still got Chad Green. They still have Zach Britton. They I still like have Chad guys. Green. Yeah, they got guys. I like Green a lot. Their bullpens. Yeah. I think their bullpens better than their starting rotation. I don't. I don't but have that, any. But that's the problem, though. You're going to have to use your bullpen in the third, fourth inning sometimes because these guys won't be able to get out of the get out of their minutes, or they're going to do the sabermetric argument again, like they were doing with Tanaka, where they wouldn't let him go through the order three times. So. Like they're a very, they're a very strategically sabermetric team, and these analytics are really affecting their spending in terms of what they're bringing to the table. And the Yankees, you know, they need to do something because, like I said, the Blue Jays are adding. The Blue Jays are ramping it up. It they want it to be a two horse race, and it's going to be a two horse race. So. You know, I don't know if the, I don't know if the pe- I don't know if the Blue Jays have the pitching though. I mean, they definitely have a lot of young but, talent, and they're but kinda, neither do the Yankees. No, neither does the Yankees. No, but the Yankees uh, can hit. I mean, they're going to score runs. That's not a that's not a doubt about that. Yeah, well, I mean, both teams are going to score runs on paper. Both of their lineups are really good, and the Blue Jays just added Kirby Yates. They added Tyler Chatwood. Like they have. They have arms in that pen. Are they? Do they have the name recognition of the Yankees' arms? No, but they are top. This all comes. This really just all comes down to Severino, I think. Because if Severino, he can't come back. I I don't trust. I mean, the only person I really trust would probably be Cole and Herman. You got to think Herman can play with all the rest that he's gotten, and he was pretty much their ace. You know, last time he played, so. You know, I I don't have any I don't have any faith in their rotation. I don't have any faith in their team. But there's no, really nobody. Honestly, there's nobody in that division that's running away with this thing. I mean, Tampa went through a shakeup, so they're back to being the Tampa Bay Rays again. So I don't know. It is going to be a yeah. Uh, it's going to be an attrition this year, and I don't know if two wild card spots are going to if a wild card spot's going to come out of the American League East. So you know cinch it up, get some, you know, get some starting pitching depth. You're going to need it, especially with this season. You're going to have to, you're definitely going to have to start running some guys back and forth. Like Montgomery just came back last year. Schmidt, who knows? Garcia, who knows? I mean, there's a lot of question marks and the Yankees need to make some, they need to do something outside of keeping their own house in order. And you're actively losing players from that roster that got bounced last year. So improvements need to be made if you really want to get to the next level, like like the Yankees are want to do. Order up. There's also been some coaching movement this week, boys and girls in the NFL. And we are going to rank them. We're going to order them up. Order up the top. Order up from five to one. Which is the best hire? Now, for those of you not in the know, we're going to start Urban Meyer. He is the new coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Robert Sala, the, D- the DC of the San Francisco 49ers, is now the head coach of the Jets. Arthur Smith, now the coach of the Atlanta Falcons, was the offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans. Brandon Staley, who? The DC. <laughs> For the Los Angeles Rams is now the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. I don't even know if he needs to change offices. If they play in the same building. 
So maybe he doesn't have to. And last but not least, the Detroit Lions hired former Lions tight end and New Orleans Saints assistant Dan Campbell. So I will leave it to you. From five to one, order them up, D. Which is All the right, best so, the worst. Yeah, so I'm starting with the worst, I think, is Brandon Staley to the Chargers. I think the Chargers really missed here hiring a guy who's never been a head coach to coach their team. I think they took for granted how well Justin Herbert played, you know, this year. He still needs to be coached. He still needs to be taught how to play quarterback in the NFL. He still needs to come along strong. And I think unless they knew they couldn't land the enemy, I think they really missed here. Even if they would have went with um, just a more offensive-minded coach. Uh, four for Ryan me. Dable? I don't really like that guy. I know a lot of people like him. I'm not really <laughs> – I don't really like that guy. Uh, I, I think you – know, I mean, does he know offense? Yeah. Can he lead a team? And that I don't know about. Uh, number four for me is Robert Sala. I just I just think that the Jets are going down the same road they go in every time. And I'm not – this is not a knock on Sala. I think he's actually a good coach. He's a rah-rah guy, and he, he's going to, you know, coach defense very well. But they just don't get it. It's like they're trying to j- – jam a triangle shape into a circle hole like that's what i feel like here it's like you've got sam darnold who clearly is struggling who clearly needs help here and you go and you get a defensive coach who has no co- no head coaching experience how the hell is he going to develop sam darnold are you basing not getting an offensive guy because this adam gase thing didn't go well is is that mm. where this is coming from because Adam Gase's problems were way beyond the offense. Let's be real here. They're, they're, they got young quarterbacks. Uh, you know, I was doing some research. The last head coach to finish his career with an overall 500 record in the tenure with the New York Jets was Al Groh, who retired after one season of going 9-7. and seven. Like, it just doesn't end well. And they pick all defensive guys with Herm Edwards, uh, Mangini, uh, Rex Ryan, Bowles, Gase is the only guy where you came in and went offensive, but you please don't compare Gase to any of those guys. So for me, it's it's like, come on, come on. Uh, so number three, I'm going to go with Dan Campbell and, oh, and Arthur Smith here too, because for me, they're not setting him up to fail, but what they're pretty much saying is, okay, let's get this guy in here and – we could possibly get an overall number one pick out of it, right? Because he's you're getting rid of you're basically gutting the team. Uh, they missed on Carry On Johnson. Galladay's always hurt. He could possibly be a guy that gets traded to the Ravens, right? Um, I think he's a free agent, actually. So there you go. He's a guy that can go and sign with the Ravens. Um, Swift is okay. I don't think he's as good as they wanted him to be. He's good. It just seems like they're they're they're. They're trying. They're, they're trying to make their team worse. They're still the worst team in the division, with or without uh, Campbell as their head coach. And the same thing with Arthur Smith. Like he's inheriting a team where he, he doesn't have Derrick Henry. So, what offense are you running? Uh, how are you gonna How are you gonna make this work? And again, I think the mindset is there is let's see if he can get another year out of Matt Ryan or whoever they're gonna have there. And if it fails, it's not a big deal. Um, but now moving on to what I think were good hires is I do think Urban Meyer is a good hire. He's a guy who's a proven winner. He wins wherever he goes and he wins quickly. Um, 
you know, he he learned he knows how to coach players. The only problem is, is yeah, he doesn't stay long, and he's he usually leaves because of personal or health reasons. So or the NCAA is about to crack down. You know, yeah, NCAA. So I'm curious to see, you know, how this goes and how he takes to coaching as a head coach in the NFL. I want to see what offense he runs. And, you know, kind of like you're, you know, we've spoken about before, it's hard to be a good college coach and, or a college coach, and it doesn't always transition to the NFL. And uh, the, the best hire, I think, it's not actually not a coaching hire. I'm going to go with the Jaguars going and getting Trent Baalke. Uh, I know he's not a coach, but he helped turn around the 49ers around about 10 years ago. He took a 6-10 and 10 team, and he made them a Super Bowl contender. Uh, so I think that the, the signing of Trent Bulky as the GM is the best hire this week. What say you? Well, Trent Bulky is a great hire. Um, granted, I believe he still has the interim tag on him from when they fired Caldwell, but I think he should get the job just for the simple fact that he masterminded that team and took them from a joke to playing in a Super Bowl. Granted, he had Jim Harbaugh helping him. But, Which they you know, clashed, like, and then that ended, you know. And then that ended, the Kaepernick thing, the Alex Smith thing. You went from having two quality caliber quarterbacks to now you got nothing. You got Nick Mullins and Jimmy G's probably going someplace else. For me, number five is Arthur Smith. Yeah. Uh, just seeing how pedestrian his <laughs> offense is when Derrick Henry's not running the ball well, it's not inspiring. He just looks There's like a no- – he just looks like a guy that eats a pastrami sandwich and this pastrami hangs out of his mouth. That's kind of the, uh, the, the, the feeling I get when I see Arthur Smith on the sideline. Yeah, it's like his eyes are too close together. I don't know, something's just like, what is going on? Are you looking at me? I can't tell. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, you're right. Why aren't you blinking? <laughs> I, you know, it's just, it's not inspiring what he's done in Tennessee without Derrick Henry. You need multiple, right. you need to diversify your offense. And it seems very much like a one-trick pony. And Atlanta does has no running game to speak of right now. We've been speculating that Julio Jones and Matt Ryan are going to get traded. So he's going to be on the short end of a rebuilding process. Number four uh, is Dan Campbell. Now, Dan Campbell was an interim head coach before with the Miami Dolphins. Showed great intensity, great fire. Was a borderline insane on the sidelines. And that definitely... You know, battle that, that by combat. Yeah, he win, that wins your points with fans. You know, they they see that you care about this as much as they do. However, you're walking into a situation in Detroit, like you said, uh, the best player on that offense. You know, Marvin Jones, he's okay. T.J. Hawkinson, he's all right. Oh, I forgot. About you don't him. even know. If, yeah, you don't even know if Matthew Stafford's going to be there next year. So, like, I you're walking into a. <laughs> I'm out of here. Like, well, WT, WTF, why is Stafford on the WFT? Oh, shit. Uh, I don't know. I don't, just don't think it's going to be, you know, great for Mr. Campbell. Number three is Brandon Staley, mostly because of the fact that he was the coordinator for the number one overall defense in the NFL. Granted, he's not taking them with him. But he is getting Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram and uh, hopefully Derwin James is back next year. So the cupboard isn't bare 
with the Chargers. He just needs to make a really, really good offensive hire as far as the coordinator position. So no Brian Schottenheimer. No. Move, no. move the ball down no. the freaking field. You know, actually, you know what? I, go get Daryl Bevel. Go get Daryl Bevel from Detroit. Like, uh, that is a – I mean, uh, he's better than what you got. He's better than what you got. So I would take him over Schottenheimer any day and twice on Sunday. Number two, I like Robert Sala at number two. I still don't know. Again, he's another guy who's going to have to bring in a really good offensive coordinator. He's a rah-rah guy, a team guy, and he's very highly spoken of by every player he's ever coached. So that, to me, that's the Listerine that kind of washes the taste of Adam Gase out of the Jet fans' mouth. Because outside of Peyton Manning, who has talked highly of Adam Gase? (laughs) Adam Gase's wife is even married. His mother does his mother even love him? I don't know, but this is—it's definitely a more palate cleansing type of hire. And number one is Urban Meyer, with a huge asterisk. Like Urban Meyer is a risky move. He's been out of the game for a while. He's never coached in the pros at at the head coaching level. Um, I've heard comps to Jimmy Johnson when he came out of the U. That is very high. That that's a very high comparison. I mean, it remains to be seen. But there are a lot of holes in Jacksonville. Like, if Trevor Lawrence goes, what system are you going to run? If you decide to opt, if you don't go for Trevor Lawrence, you decide to go for uh, Justin Fields or a Zach Wilson. How does this team? How how does this change? Do you go with a veteran quarterback? We got to see what Balky and Urban Meyer what they plan on doing but based on track record and pedigree he's easily the number one guy on this list so how we do guys pick your order and send it to us at fade route mail at gmail.com and maybe just maybe you'll get featured on the fade route more or less. Really simple build, guys. It's either more likely or less likely. More or less. Patrick Mahomes plays effectively on Sunday. What say you? I'm going to say it's more likely. He, practiced, he participated in practice today. I think it's a good sign. The only thing I'm concerned with is his toe. But again... Uh, I, I think he's going to be fine. He's, he went on Twitter and said he, he thinks he'll be fine to play. So, you know, judging by the last presidency, Twitter is really supreme. <laughs> so, yeah, I think he's going to be – I think he's more likely to play and be effective. Twitter reigns supreme, but it also can spread some misinformation sometimes. <laughs> you know, maybe this is just a little red herring and he's not ready to go right now. And they're, you know, they're coaching up Chad Henney in addition to Patrick Mahomes. Who knows? A little intrigue, maybe. A a little subterfuge. That being said, I'm going more likely. Eric Biennemi and Andy Reid are definitely going to scheme a way for him to play effectively. If he's not mobile, he's not running, plain and simple. And they have to drill it into his head. If his toe is really bothering him, throw the ball away. Don't try and scramble. Don't try and gain the extra yard. If it's not there, throw the ball away. Like, this is going to be like Josh Allen. 
it's not there, he's throwing the ball away more often than he ran against the, the Ravens defense. So we saw some maturity from him. Like Patrick Mahomes needs to take that next step up in order to become like that fully formed quarterback. Like right now, great highlight reel. Just those little extra, those little extra little mental acuities are going to take him to an all-time legend. I'm still going more likely though. More or less, Gonzaga finishes the season undefeated. I'm going more likely on this just because they've played the toughest teams that they've that they're going to play. They played Iowa, they played Kansas, they played West Virginia. They are firmly entrenched in their conference schedule right now, and they are blowing the doors off of these guys. You know, I think the I think the most recent uh, game was actually the closest game that they've played all year, and it was still like a 15-point blowout. So it, it's hard to take Gonzaga seriously sometimes when they play these cupcakes. You know, they definitely – you know, I'm not saying that they need to leave this conference and you know maybe let like go of the Pac-12 or something like that, but you definitely need to prove yourself a little bit more than going up against the West Coast Conference like San Francisco U and Loyola Marymount and St. Mary's. It's not really stiff competition. So that being said, they're going to roll. Yeah, I, I am actually going to say it's less likely. I know they've already played the toughest teams in their schedule and they've beaten them handily, but it's really hard to go undefeated and they have one more game against St. Mary's. And I think that's where the loss is going to come from. Those, those rivalry games with, within the conference, um, you know, your, your opponents know you, they know what's coming. I think they get nicked by St. Mary's. Okay. St. Mary's. I mean, that is their, that was their closest loss. So that's definitely within their realm of possibility. More or less likely Deshaun Watson suits up as a Texan next season. See, this is kind of a this is kind of a tricky question, right? And I am going to say more likely, and the reason is, you know, word on the street is that they want three number ones for him. I mean, that's a lot, and there's not a lot of teams that could actually do it. Like the Jets could do it, Dolphins could do it, but that's a large asking price. We also don't know who the coach is going to be. Like, let's say the Texans go out and get the enemy. I mean, he's more likely to stay if that happens. So I'm going to say more likely he will be a Texan next season. Well, I mean, it, it really all depends because like, like the, the enemy hire, like he is really a victim of the chief's success because you can't hire a coach off of a playoff team until your team has been eliminated. So like Eric B like that's the reason why Dan Campbell just got his job and Brandon Staley just got his job. It's just sometimes you're a victim of the success of your team. That being said, I'm going less likely. I, I don't necessarily think that, you know, this is a reparable situation. Uh, they hired the GM without any input. Granted, I am of the mind that players play coaches, coach and GMs run the team. But, you know, at that level, Sometimes, just even if even if you decide not to go with his hire or go with his choice, you need to sometimes humor a player by by scheduling an interview, having a, having an interview, just to feel you know, just to make him feel like you're really taking to taking the taking to heart what their interests are you can definitely get a huge haul for Deshaun Watson. And there's so many needs that the Texans need. And Cesario 
comes from the, the Patriots school and there's going to be a team that blinks and there's going to be a team that's going to offer that up. The Jets have done it in the past. They've de- they have made those kinds of deals. They have picks. I'm not saying they have picks to burn, but they definitely have picks from other trades that they can use so they can keep their picks. So this is a, a situation where the Jets actually are in a great leveraged position. The Dolphins, another team, they can actually use, like I've said in the past, they can use Tua in addition to their picks to make it a little bit more palatable if the new organization believes in Tua. And granted, like there's still no head coach. We need to see where they're going and what their vision is. But after the Hopkins thing, I think it was a bridge too far for Watson. And he's pretty much done as a Texan. Most of those guys are because they got to tear it down and start from scratch. Time to see what's cooking this weekend, sponsored by As You Eat It, only on YouTube. That's A-Z, you eat it. Check it out today. How'd you do last week in the pick segment, brother? Gee, how did I do? Well, I had the Rams beating Green Bay. I had Baltimore beating Buffalo. So I crossed it. I, I crashed and burned there. But... I did have KC being Cleveland, and I did have Tampa being Nolan's Nola. So I went uh, two and two. Two and two—that's not bad. I mean, watch and learn. He said. <laughs> I was watching. You know what I saw? <laughs> <laughs> it's alive! You're still alive, brother. You're still alive. So take take it for what it is. I mean, I went four and zero last week, but hey, hey uh, I'm not here to toot my own. Tor- I'm not here to toot my own horn, but dude. Oh, dude. so then we got to hear who you got this week. There we go. We're gonna start with the NFC title game. It's very hard for me to pick against Tom Brady in this game, and I'm not gonna. I'm going <laughs> to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to beat the Aaron Rodgers-led Green Bay Packers. It's gonna be close. It's gonna be a run game. And Brady's just going to do just enough to win. I can even see a missed field goal at the end by Crosby. Oh, imagine if it's a missed field goal by Suckup. Oh, that'd be awful. (laughs) Tom might not let him fly back with the team. You got to walk back to Florida. And then who you got in the AFC game? Well, who are you taking, brother? Oh, I'm taking taking Tom all the way. You know it. Uh, Of course. And uh, for the AFC title game... I'm taking the Bills. I like what I see right now. And, you know, it gives me a little bit pause with that concussion from Patrick Mahomes and the injury. So, <laughs> I, you know. That would, that, would def- that would definitely be some Star Wars type shit. If, if the Bills finally get to the Super Bowl and they have to play against Tom Brady. Oh, God. What, like, what the you got to be kidding, kidding me. me? That would be dis- I w- Oh, man. Tell me that wouldn't be such a great storyline. Oh, gosh. Though. The Dark Sith Lord. Right. Oh, you thought you slayed the dragon, huh? I'm here. Uh, I'm taking Kansas City. I think uh, Pat Mahomes on one leg and one 
and um, one arm could beat the Buffalo Bills. I just think uh, they don't. The Bills don't have the running game. That's why they think they'll play really good defense. But Allen and Diggs can't do it all by themselves. A crazy thought I had when I was watching the game the other day. Like, you know who the Bills need? <laughs> Frank Gore. <laughs> they need to start Wedman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you always say they need to start Wedman. That's why he's one and seven. Uh, I don't know if they need Frank Gore. They, I think I think Moss is really good. He just unfortunately he got hurt. Um, no, I mean right now they could definitely use Frank Gore. <laughs> Old man River gets the job done. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for tuning in tonight. You can catch our podcast every Wednesday nights on the Anchor, Spotify, or other uh, outlets where you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, stay faded, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.